Today we'll be looking in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 19. Ephesians 4 verse 19. We finished up the last class right here and we were talking about the progression of verse number 19. It says, Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. All right, verse number 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. So your past feeling, you've given yourself over to lasciviousness and the works that come from that are uncleanness of all sorts and greediness. Well, we were talking about the last time how that we could see this as a progressive movement in the verse when we talk about feelings. It says, who being past feeling. If we're talking about true feelings, we have love, we have joy, we have uh, the kinship, friendship, we have feelings that we have one towards another. Those things are normal and natural feelings. You have anger, hatred, jealousy. All of these things are emotions. All of these things are feelings. But you can go beyond those things. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. So there is an anger that goes beyond anger. Anger can grow into something that will become sinful. Uh, you could say that about many things. Jealousy could grow into a jealousy that would become sinful. Love could grow into something that could become sinful. Your past feeling. Now the Bible says that God is a jealous God. So you know that God is not a sinful God. So you can have jealousy without sin. But the Bible says that you can move past feeling. And that you could give yourselves over unto lasciviousness. Now, lasciviousness is an overindulgence in a particular sin. It's an overindulgence even in a particular emotion. An overindulgence in it. And the Bible says, work all uncleanness with greediness. Well, what is greediness? It's an overindulgence. And so, this is very... I think it's a very profound verse in the sense that he's talking to a Christian. He says that you're to walk worthy. So what he's describing in this chapter is the uh, parameters in which a, a Christian can operate. Uh, he's talking about the guidelines for a minister. He's talking about the guidelines for a witness. And he says, when you're doing the Lord's work, when you're doing the work of an ambassador, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, when you're doing what God gave you a charter to do, uh, the Christian life has a charter. It has a description. It has boundaries. And he says, when you're walking inside those boundaries, you're to walk worthily. He gives you some reasons for that at the beginning of the chapter, and he explains some other things. And when he gets back to verse 17, he comes back to what a worthy walk is. It's a positive, it's reinforced positively in the first couple of verses, and then he's reinforcing it from a negative standpoint. In other words, at the beginning of chapter 4, he says, walk worthy of the vocation. 
here's some positive ways you can do that. In lowliness, in meekness, in long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's the way you walk worthy. Also, you can fine-tune your worthy walk by avoiding some things. And that's what he picks up in verse 17. That you don't walk in the vanity of your mind. That you don't have your understanding darkened. That you're not alienated from the life of God. But that you are fully participating in the life of God. So he's giving you these things. And he says that these people who are doing this. And it stands to reason that it's the possibility that a Christian witness, a Christian minister could get to the place where his understanding is darkened, that he's walking in the vanity of his mind, that he's gone beyond feelings, and God help a church or God help a denomination, God help any individual Christian when their feelings have have gone past compassion or gone past love or gone past jealousy or gone past any of the normal feelings that you have as a God-created person and it's moved over into lasciviousness because then you'll begin to do anything. You'll use any means. You'll not just walk worthy. You'll walk any way that you could possibly get a result. And so you could very easily see that taking place in the world today. If you were a theologian or a pastor or whatever the case might be throughout any of the ages or any of the years or any of the times in our Christian history, you could see these things in those days as well. There's never been a a day in which the church has been free from all uh, malignancies or anything like that. So you could, I say you could see it today. You could probably see it at any time throughout church history. But you can definitely see today a trend of moving uh, into lasciviousness as a means. You know, instead of walking worthy, you're walking in lasciviousness. Instead of doing the ministry of Christianity in a biblical means or by biblical means, you can definitely see that people are just so caught up in making their ministry successful, quote-unquote, that they'll do anything. They'll make movies when God said you ought to preach. God chose the foolishness of preaching. God didn't choose the foolishness of movies or concerts or rap or rock and roll. God didn't choose any of those things. God chose the foolishness of preaching. God did not choose plays. He didn't choose, well, the Bible, matter of fact, the Bible expressly forbids the sitting down and the devising of fables in order to teach truths. It's not, it's not anything that God's interested in. But when you move beyond feeling and you are uh, kind of get into a sort of greediness for results, well, then you're not walking worthy of the vocation. That's what he says. You've not so learned Christ. Christ has taught us the correct way to live and breathe and have our being when it comes to the Christian life and the Christian ministry. And so he says, you've not so learned Christ. He said, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, 
which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Those deceitful lusts are those emotions that have gone beyond feeling. They've gone beyond what's normal in the man and turned into lasciviousness. In other words, it's being overdone. It's, it's an unnatural feeling or affection. They are human emotions. They are God-given emotions, but they're beyond what is normal. They're unseemly. They're extreme. And so he says that turns into uncleanness and greediness. And that's not that shouldn't ever be a part of the Christian ministry. Those are deceitful lusts. Deceitful lusts. He says, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now, he says, put that away. And he said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And, of course, I have a note here uh, that sends me to Romans chapter 12, which is a great uh, place to go from this verse. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. Of course, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here is a renewing of the mind. It takes place through the word of God. We understand that. We'll see in the one place in the book of Ephesians, verse 17, 18, and 19, you have emotions that are being worn out um, emotions that are being used and no fleshly satisfaction is coming from that so you go beyond that you need more and more and more this is the way a pervert is made the normal use of the body is not sufficient so you move beyond that that's what lasciviousness is concupiscence describes that very well so you move beyond that. And so the natural, normal, acceptable emotions of a man have been now perverted into something that's unclean and full of greediness and, and covetousness. Well, when you get saved and you become a servant of God, you, your bodies should be made a living sacrifice. In other words, you're putting away the satisfaction of the body for the satisfaction of the spirit. And as you do that, the Bible says you're not conforming yourself to the world, but you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're putting yourself back into a normal use of the emotions. You're not living by your emotions, but you're, you're, you're no longer past feeling so that covetousness and and overindulgence in the in the emotional mindset takes over your reasoning but you're reasoning by the word of god you're reasoning by righteousness rather than covetousness and your mind has been renewed it's been reset so to speak to the beginning of creation to when god put man here to perform specific tasks specific service to God you're able to do that more reasonably with those emotions reset I believe that goes a long way to explain what he's talking about here because when you go down to verse 23 he says be renewed in the spirit of your mind 
and that you put on the new man, which after God is created. See, you're talking about the creation, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. A lot of people get the idea of holiness as this uh, fulfillment of emotional expectations, but that's not what it is at all. Holiness is is uh, righteous, separate, uh, submitted. It is obedience. We talked about sin being disobedience. We're talking about the sin of Adam being disobedience. We've talked about that many times. Well, if we're talking about holiness and righteousness, we're basically talking about submitting ourselves to God, even when the flesh may not enjoy it. The the emotions may not being uh, the emotions of a normal natural man may not be satisfied. That's why. The book of Romans we just read in chapter 12 said that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's never fun. That's never, you know, looked at as a joy ride or an amusement park when you're sacrificing something. So he said after, he said that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And so he says, wherefore, putting away lying Speak every man truth with his neighbor. He said you learn the truth in Christ as the truth is in Jesus. It says in verse 21. So it's true. It's right. It's honest. It's normal. It's not super emotional. There's plenty of emotion involved in Christianity, but it's not over emotional. It's not emotion driven. And it's certainly not emotion centric. It's God's will centric. And it is truth-centric, no matter how you might feel. You may not wake up and feel saved every day. You may not feel spiritual every day. You may not feel good every day. But with the the right mindset, you'll feel blessed or you'll know you're blessed. And if you know you're blessed while you're feeling bad, you can still thank God and you can still access thankfulness and humility and the things that really please God and really is going to make a difference in your eternity. And so he says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry. There's the past feeling. Be ye angry. And sin not. So he's saying you can have feelings, but don't go past feelings. Be ye angry and sin not. Uh, Maybe an explosion of that anger would be a sin. You be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. And so going past feeling is one way that you could give place to the devil. If you get angry and rather than have patience... Or rather than have long suffering, you explode. The Bible says the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So you can go beyond feeling and try to incorporate that into the ministry. And what you're doing is giving place to the devil. You're giving the devil a place to get in, a place to operate. And so you ought not to do that. Then he says back up in the passage there in verse 19 who being past feeling have given themselves over unto the lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness. I said you could look at that in a step by step process. 
you begin to over-emotionalize things, and then you become addicted to that. That lasciviousness turns into concupiscence, and then you begin to work all uncleanness and grievance. It's kind of a perverted process. Well, when he says, neither give place to the devil, and then he says, let him that stole steal, steal no more, he's talking about, again, Romans chapter 12, renewing your mind, you don't give place for the devil to work. You don't give place for the flesh to work. In other words, if you used to be a thief, don't steal. You're talking about a disciplinary process. And again, we're back in Romans chapter 12, presenting your body a living sacrifice. My body was given over to theft. My body was given over to greediness, as it said in verse 19, where I was so greedy, I was I've moved past feeling. A natural, normal man's feeling make him feel ashamed about stealing something, but you've now perverted yourself into greediness where you'll do anything. Well, if you'll do that in the normal, natural life, then it's not a stretch to believe that a man might begin to do that in his Christian life, and that's not a worthy walk. That's uh, I might lie and tell people who are supporting my ministry that I've had 5,000 saved when I haven't even talk to 500 people but I've got to do that because I've got to keep up my appearances and we'll see you're moving past feeling and you're getting into this realm where uh, you're just greedy and covetousness and I've got to uh, present more in order to get more and to keep my reputation and all these things come into view that's not a worthy walk I can't really explain the gospel good enough and I can't really make people understand. So now I've got to, I've I've got to have results. I've got to have results. So I'll make a movie or I'll make some kind of cunningly devised play or fable that'll explain what I'm talking. And I'll get people into an emotional mindset. See, I've gone past feeling. Uh, I've gone past what's normal and natural. I've I've gone past. God's prescribed method of preaching the gospel. And I've gone into such a desperate state of mind and a desperate state of being that I've got to do anything possible to get results. That's not a worthy walk. It's not worthy of reward. It's not worthy of God's... um, uh, It's not worthy of God's trust. Uh, I should say trustworthiness. God has a level of trustworthiness that we could say if God said it could be done by preaching then preaching is what I must do but if you move beyond that trustworthiness then I've got to find a better way to do it myself that's not worthy it's not a worthy walk God doesn't recognize it it's a work that says I don't trust God I trust myself my own machinations in order to get the job done, you've moved outside of what God considers worthy, and there'll be no rewards for that. So it's disciplined life. Verse 28, let him that stole steal no more. Let Rather, let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. So it's the opposite of greediness. It's a provider. It's not a taker. It's a giver. And then he says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, we're at about 19 minutes, and I I think I've said a whole lot, and perhaps I'll cut off the class right there, and we'll pick up in verse 28 and 29 next time.
And as we do that, we can explain some of these things better without taking away from what I've already said in this class today. I think it would be good to go back, if you've listened to the whole class here, and, and listen to it again and try to make sense of some of the concepts I've tried to get across to you. Pray about it and ask God to give you that understanding because what it'll do is it'll help you narrow your scope down to only what God wants you to be doing as a minister. You've got lots of things to do in life. You've got to eat and drink and work and and uh, do the things that are expected of a husband or a wife or whatever the case might be. But as far as the gospel ministry is concerned, we can narrow the scope. We can find out what God chose and what God wants and what God expects. We can get that. We don't have to worry about reinventing the wheel. We don't have to add to what God done 2,000 years ago or what God said 2,000 years ago. We don't have to add to that to make it relevant for the modern generation or the generation to come. And we don't have to reinvent anything. We just have to trust God and walk worthy in what he's already given to us. And as a result, we'll find peace and less panic and we'll find a means of success. And I don't really like the word success, but if you're talking about getting the results of a godly gospel ministry then that is certainly what you'll find so we'll pick up in verse 28 and verse 28 uh, 9 the next time and let you have a few minutes to uh, go back over this uh, if that's what you choose to do all right god bless you and thank you for coming